Welcome to the 21st Century Physio Podcast, helping you bring your practice into the 21st century with the latest technology news, research reviews, and easy-to-implement practice tips. Now, here's your host, Stephen King. All right, guys, very exciting episode today. We're uh, live from Hong Kong. <laughs> I'm here with our good friend and colleague, Sikon. He's, uh, we've known each other now for what, two over two years, yeah. almost three years now. Uh, he first hosted our MAC course back in uh, 2015. 15, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, time, time flies when yeah. you're having fun. So um, I'm really excited to be back. We just had a big MAC course here again on the weekend. And there's no one better to speak about, I don't think, um, than Sikhon when we talk about 21st century physiotherapy nah. because throughout Asia, he's, uh, he's the man that's changing the game over here. He's got some really... Big thoughts and big ideas for physiotherapy, yeah. uh, so I'm really excited to hear some of those, and I'm sure you guys will get a lot out of the chat today. So welcome, Sikhan. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for, for having us here. No, mate, it's, thank you for having us in this beautiful location, Sports Line. <laughs> I think one of the most beautiful clinics in the world, I think, looking over <laughs> Hong Kong Islands, especially at night, so you're very, very, very lucky. You're very honoured to be here. Now, so for the people who don't know you, Sikhan, yeah. tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, I started my physio practice back in 2001. So right now is the fifth, uh, actually it's the 17th years of professionals yeah. practice. So it's been quite a while. But for the sports physio we are doing right now, actually we started right after, right around the Beijing Olympic in 2008. Yep. Yeah, so back then when we start practicing sports physio in, in Hong Kong, virtually there is no sports physio so right. we are the one who, who who do all the beginning work who started the market who deal with the all the team's owner all the avalis one by one yeah yep. tough time but good time i would no you've done a lot now you've got a big team behind you both here yeah. and in taiwan now so yeah. you're doing some really great things why did you want to get into the sports area like why was that your passion to uh to start to get into there because i know a lot of physiotherapists you know had that passion to get into sports physio what what led you yeah, to that? yeah i would say well because i'm a sports lover i i, I have passion in sports all kind of sports well i was doing badminton and martial arts in the past yep. well i was a semi-professional martial arts uh, uh, athlete yep so I got a lot of injury. I need to treat myself. But somehow, even I'm a practicing physio at that time, I cannot source any good practice in Hong Kong. Yep. So well, it, it came to me the idea of how about I run my own practice in sports yep. and provide some of the best treatment and some, some of the best injury preventions to all the athletes in the area. Yeah, fantastic. And so, what are some of the you know some of the skills you need to work on? I guess to help you get into that sports area. Uh, I guess university doesn't necessarily <laughs> set you up very well yeah. uh, in Australia. And I know from speaking to you in the past over yeah. here to get into working with athletes. Yeah. What are some of the things that you think you know you need to work on, and that you know that you find the physios that you have worked for you need yeah. to work on as well? Yeah, if you are talking about evidence based practice, well, I believe in sports physio is the least evidence of all. <laughs> well, because somehow well, we need to have a hard skill, which is not taught in university. Yeah. Well, at least well, when you talk about the basic stuff like strapping, taping, all the stretching, all the exercise prescription, well, we have been taught in university, but not that much, not enough to, to practice in, in, in the professional field. Yeah. So we need to learn a lot on field yeah. and from postgraduate training. And the other stuff is the soft skills. Well, because if we are working in other discipline, 
it's quite easy where well, we just work with our clients and that's it. Yeah. But in sports, we are working with the whole team. Well, most of the time, we need to report to the team manager. Most of the time, we need to report to the coaches. And sometimes we need to report to the scout, to the to the to to the agents of the players of the athletes. Yeah, so it is a teamwork. It is a team collaboration. We need the soft skills that have never been taught in university. Yeah. So that that, that is a, a big challenge for most most of the practitioner as well. I think so. <laughs> so. How did you go about building some of the relationships with the sports team, especially if they ha- didn't know, you know, yeah. what sports physio was? They hadn't heard of you before, yeah. I assume. How did you go about approaching them and starting to get to work with some of those teams? Yeah, the first impression is really important. Mm. Well, by first impression, I I would say, well, we we don't need to please everybody. Yeah. And 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 usually, I work with the team with evidence, yeah. so I show them what we can do. What we are capable of doing and how, what, what, uh, what, what's the value we are bringing to your team or, or your your practice, your evidence. Yeah. So that's the way we work with team, and and then we iron out all the relationships, and well, we 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 work bit by bit to change the schedule or change the mentality of the whole team. So it it it, it is soft and hard, but it takes some time. I would say, I would say if I if. If if I need to say what is the most important element, mm. it would be patience. Yeah, I think that's a, a, a bigger thing that a lot of us lack these yeah. days. I think we all yeah. want everything to happen now. Yeah. Um, but good things take time, and I yeah. think you're a good, you know, uh, representation of that. Spending you know time over the last yeah. seventeen years building yeah. up into you know what you've done today. Yeah. So you said there's a few things you need to iron out, some things you need to work on when you start to work with sports teams. What are some of those key areas that you find are really important um, to get running well for a team to be yeah. successful and to hopefully have less injuries? Yeah, the first thing is we need to respect to all the professionals in, in, in the team. Well, somehow we would say, well, we, we are com- coming from the clinical perspectives. Yeah. So we see everything, most of the thing, black and white. But in sports, in other industry, in the other part of the world, actually there is some. Well, I I, I don't say it's gray area because between black and white is all the colors. Yeah. yeah. So the whole spectrum represents whole lots of different practice. Yeah. So we need to respect that, and we need to know why they are doing this, how they do this, and and can 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 our practice really add value to their practice, yeah. rather than well it, well somehow we had. It is quite easy to have a mentality to say that well my practice is better than your practice then you need to follow my practice yeah. but in sports world is 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 totally different yeah. the mentality should be well we have something to add in add on to your practice so that your practice can be better yeah <laughs> definitely i think everyone everyone working together is usually yeah. going to get a better result than yeah. one person doing it their own way yeah. you know all the time so yeah. i think that's you know a really good point you bring up so you've obviously got your practice here in Hong Kong. You've got a new one in Taiwan as yeah. well. What made you think about starting to then, you know, take your practice from where you are now and start to take it overseas? Wow. Well, because for the science, for the science we are using, for, for, for the practice we are doing, well, actually is something very generic. Yeah. So we can copy and paste. Well, I can use the word copy and paste literally. We can copy and paste the same practice and the same know-how to and to to all the all all the Chinese speaking community. Yeah. And well, because it's some well, we we could see the 
the the emergence of the sports medicine market in the area as well. Yeah. So that's why we we expand from Hong Kong to Taiwan and probably to China very soon as well. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So what are some of the skills and some of the things that your team does that you think you know? Maybe you do better than other people. Well, what yeah. are some of your areas of specialty that in your practice? Yeah, one one very big thing is the evidence level and the assessment. Well, thanks to MAT, <laughs> <laughs> we use we use MAT extensively. Yeah. We use MAT in all our applets. So that's one thing. because we can build up the evidence database and we can track and monitor our 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 all the time from time to time. So that's one thing. And the other thing is, well, we have we have our own data scientists as well. Yeah. So we keep track of all the data. We keep track of all the tra- all the changes, even if it is a minor changes, but if we can match into some pattern, then we can well I, I hate to I hate to use the word predict. Mm. But we can prevent some preventable injury. Yeah. Or somehow we can hack into the performance. Yeah. Yeah. I think if we can improve performance, a lot yeah. of the time that goes a long way to yeah. decreasing someone's you know potential injuries. Yeah. We yeah. might not be able to you know prevent them you know or not yet anyway. I'm not sure <laughs> if we'll ever be able to. Hopefully, with some of the exciting research you're doing, but at yeah. least you said you can use that to enhance performance and hopefully reduce injury yeah. risk as well. Now, I don't think there's a lot of physios out there who are starting their own data and you know data science company. Tell us a little bit about what you're doing there. You sort of mentioned it briefly just then, but why did you decide to start to go down this path of collecting data? Because I know a lot of a lot of therapists don't even consider data at all, let alone you're building a whole you know massive empire around. Yeah. Well, well, is one of the questions we eat when we're doing the interview with the physio staff, we always ask the same question. So, tell me what's the was was tell me the way you can prevent a spring ankle. Yeah. So usually is the exercise, is the shoes wear, is the play style, is this taping, some stuff. And 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 is there any external factor? Yeah. Yeah. So and, and is there something that we can keep track of and see if there is any changes? Well, actually, I would say data is one of the most effective injury preventions to us. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. Yeah, and and when we when we when we go back retrospectively to see all the data, well, because we have some we have some research in our own teams as well. Mm-hmm. So we work with some soccer team, we work with some basketball team, we work with some some athletes as well. So we have the whole database to see. Well, if you have this pattern, yeah, then probably you might have some chance of injury. Yeah. And if we can work with your coach, if we can work with your team, if, if we are, well, sometimes we work with the physio as well. Yeah. Then we can give some suggestions. Yeah, and, 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 and in the past, we practiced this way as our own practice. Yeah. Yeah, because it's, it's, it really helps our practice, it really helps the athletes, it really helps the team. And, 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 well, I would say along the way, some of our, our advisors say, well, you solve your problems, and actually, this capability would help the other teams, help the other physio to solve their own problem as well. But there's the, the challenge ahead is the world because in this industry, data is nothing for the yeah. moment. They don't treasure the data. And even they treasure the data, they don't have the ability to work on the data or they don't know how to work with the other professionals to dig deep into the data. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's why we started. I think it's a really good example of how, you know, practice is then, you know, leading research. Yeah. And then often I think these days research 
tends to be leading practice and often coming from a place which maybe the people who are actually doing the research yeah. aren't actually aware or up to date with what's happening in a clinical yeah. environment. There's a bit of a disconnect there. So I do really like the way that you're going about taking what you found as being successful yeah. and actually going and critically analysing it yeah. to see if there is something there and digging yeah. deeper, going a little bit further. Yeah. You, you mentioned to me that you're drawing from other professions as well yeah. in this sort of um, you know, journey that you're going on. Yeah. What other professions are you taking you know, this knowledge from? What are you learning from them? Well, quite a lot. Well, we work with the first advisor. Actually, he is a sports exercise physiologist. Yeah. So he, his research is in all the biometrics and how to use the biometrics to generate some actionable insights. Yeah. So he is our first advisor. And, and, and the other people like data scientists, uh, 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 actuarial analysts, and IT professionals. <laughs> and well, well, one interesting people working with us is a university professor. Okay. His research is in pattern recognitions. Wow, yeah. Well, it's a very handy person to, to have in, when you're starting to get into some research around that. So. Yeah. yeah, so I would say for all the pattern recognition, for all the data and analysis, actually the technology is out there. Yeah. For the other industry, like for the retail industry, for the, for the fintech, for the finance industry, they, they have been using the same analysis for many years. So the, the, the technology is pretty ready. Yeah. Just that we need to have our expert input to, to, to work with them to, to generate something meaningful. And to collect the right data, I guess. Yeah. 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 So what sort of, without giving too much away, obviously, what sort of <laughs> things are you looking at and what sort of data are you collecting um, you know, from the, the patients and athletes that you're working with? Well, it's quite basic. Well, actually, it's, some, it's all the things you can get from your, your, your wearables right now, even from your, from your iPhone or your Android phone. So it's the heart rate, it's all the other basic measurements. Well, because... Well, at the end of the day, is not well. The most difficult part is not analyzing the data; it's collecting the data. <laughs> yeah. If you need, if you need your clients to collect manually every day, well, I believe you 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 might lose a lot of data very soon. Well, because they don't have the compliance to do that. So what we are doing is we work with the device, yeah. and then we collect the data. We are we archive the data. We pull the data from their devices, and they don't need to do a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> Great. I think that's always a good thing. Compliance is hard enough at the best of times yeah. to do, you know, one or two exercises, let alone yeah. uh, track their habits, you know, yeah. daily. I yeah. think it's it's often a little bit too much to ask. But I think, as you mentioned, the technology now is making a lot of this data more accessible, yeah. and we can start to look at some of those external factors, which maybe as physiotherapists we don't really consider. You know, mm -hmm. how someone's sleep affecting yeah. their, you know, there's lots more research coming out about sleep at the minute. Yeah. How someone's, you know, the heart rate and their intensity level through the day. Yeah. How does that affect their pain state and those yeah. type of things? So I think it's a really exciting um, time to you know be involved in physiotherapy. I think there's going to be some massive advances coming yeah. out from this data that you're collecting, which is awesome. Mm. Yeah. So there's another arm to your business as well. So you've got <laughs> obviously the practices, yeah. which there's going to be a lot more soon. Yeah. You've got the data science. Yeah. And you've also you know a course host. Yeah. So you host some great courses. Yeah. But. Uh, <laughs> But also you are you got you sort of involved in products. Yeah. You know, what made you decide to get into, you know, selling and distributing products, being the head of, you know, massive worldwide brands <laughs> through the Asian markets? Well, you're the first one to talk about the story. Well <laughs> well well it's something passive actually. Well, in the beginning when we started practice our physio sports physiotherapy practice in Hong Kong, we had 
quite a lot of difficulties in sourcing our own equipment because it's well, because sports medicine is not happening in Asia back then. So we need to make a call. Well, back back then it's not email. It's really <laughs> pick up the phone and make a call yep. to, to all all the manufacturer or the brands in in the state. So we make the order there, and somehow some well because we make the order quite frequently because we we need to use the equipment, and some some and 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 I think it's like three or four months later, they just say well well is enough. Yeah. You you should distribute the products. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then, well, in the beginning, we we didn't see it as a business model because we are coming from a practitioner point of view. Well, I just want to practice. Yeah. But somehow they con they convince me. Well, the products help you in your practice. Yeah. You should distribute the products to help the other practitioner to do their practice as well. Yeah. Because you you have the obligation to. To, to, to start the market. Yeah. I think this is the second time I've heard a similar story in Hong Kong this week. So uh, another one was someone was having trouble getting a supply of tape. They just couldn't get tape from anywhere. Yeah. So they ended up having to do the same as you, start yeah. to become the supplier. So yeah. I think that's um, really cool. So what sort of things do you look at when you take on a new product to distribute? Well, one big thing is the evidence. Okay. Yeah. Well, they need to back by research. They need to back by evidence. And they should be something accessible to most of the therapists, and and meanwhile the public can use it as a as a as their own own health enhancing product as well. Yep, I yeah. think it's important we you know empower people, and that's one thing I have noticed about all the you know products you do distribute yeah. here is they are all about allowing people to take you know active control over yeah. their own care, yeah. which is you know quite quite a you know nice refreshing approach, yeah. which is great. Okay, so we've talked a little bit about the physio practice. We've talked about uh, the data. We've yeah. talked about some of your product <laughs> journey. How have you found your transition from a physiotherapist actually seeing and treating patients yeah. to now running these three, you know, big, you know, organisations? They really are their own companies. Yeah. Well, you mean in five years, ten years? Otto, how have you found just over the last, you know, ten years transitioning oh, yeah. from being a hands-on physiotherapist? Yeah. To now being, you know, business owner, you know, multi-business owner. Yeah, well, well, I, I, I treated and on Facebook share my status some, 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 some days ago. You, yeah. you read the status as well. Well, some people say I'm a serial entrepreneur. Yeah, yeah but I, I would I say, would say I, so, yeah, yes. <laughs> I, 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 I would say I, I work on the same focus all the time. Where is sports medicine, sports physio, and sports science? Yeah. So, well, what we are doing, well, no matter is practice, no matter is product educations or, or or product distributions, or even for the data part, well, actually they are serving the same purpose. Yeah. So to to me is intuitively they blend in together. Yeah. So well, just like my role, my my role was a practicing hands-on physio for ten years. I would say 10, 15 years. Yeah. And right now, well, I still kept kept one day in a week okay. on, on, on hands-on practice. Well, because I need to practice. Yeah. The practice will refresh me for 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 all the business de- business de- decision. But somehow, well, the mentality is well, I was helping my clients one on one, one on two, or at a day. At most, I can help like twenty clients yeah. a day. But right now, because I'm running my own organizations, I can help like a hundred. Yeah. Or even a thousand people every day. Yeah, yeah. 
I think exactly the same way. People ask me a similar question. You know, I'm only down to about five hours a week in practice. Yeah. You know, for a lot of the time I'm travelling around the world, and he'll say, well, "Don't you miss seeing patients?" So like, I do, <laughs> definitely. But you know, for me, we've got over four thousand people using the map. Yeah. For me, it's like hopefully seeing fifty thousand patients a day. You know, yeah. you're helping people on a different scale and in a different way. And I think that's a a really good way to look at it. And I think if you keep engaged in you know, physiotherapy like that, you still see yourself as helping that. I think it's still, you know, it's a very rewarding, um, you know, yeah, career. And, I, and I'm still, I'm still telling all the people I'm still practicing physiotherapy, yep. but in a different, in a different perspective. Exactly right. You take a lot of the philosophies and stuff yeah. into the business realm. We don't learn a lot about business in physiotherapy school. What are some of the biggest skills you've had to develop um, for business? In right after physiotherapy school. Yeah. <laughs> wow, interesting. Well, the first thing is you need to get a good mentor. Yep. You need to get a good business mentor. Well, because well, I don't know in Australia, but in but in Asia, business is is, is well, we don't have business element in our in in our university curriculum. Yep. Not in Australia either. Oh really? <laughs> <laughs> so the first thing is you gotta have a mentor. Well, the mentor mm-hmm. might be your first. Uh, boss. Yep. Well, in my case, it was my first boss. Yep. Yeah, and 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 sometimes you might have some good practitioner outside, or even even better is you have somebody coming from the other professionals or or the other field of business. Well, because they see the things broadly, they 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 will have have a wider horizon that can help you to grow yourself, not just as a physiotherapy, not just as a business owner, but as an entrepreneur. Yeah. Well, there is a there is an essential difference between business owner and entrepreneur. Well, business owner is well, you have your own business, you can run your own business. Basically, you you you, you can do the things on your own. Yeah. But for entrepreneur is someone who can collaborate with the other with the other persons with the other professionals. Even they have different perspective. Even they have different sets of values. And the entrepreneur can 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 collaborate, can coordinate, and can compromise with them to yeah. get a, to get the best results. Yeah, I think it's, I think a lot of the skills that I learn these days, you know, where I take the most off is actually talking to some just some of my friends, yeah. you know, in different industries, whether it be video production, whether it be in sales or marketing, <laughs> you know, whether it be he's a police officer, you know, yeah. there's always different things you can learn from yeah. different people that help, you know, your business. So you're obviously taking the profession here in Asia, you know, into the 21st century through, you know, treat evidence-leading treatment. You know, you've got some great evidence-based products as yeah. your stock. You're collecting data. Where do you see physiotherapy going you know, over the next, you know, 10 years? Wow. Well, I I, I have a story to tell. Yeah, Back great. in 2005, I would say, well, in 2020, we don't see any physiotherapy. Okay. Anymore. Well, because because I, at that time I thought about the advancement of technology. Well, say if the ACL injury, the we have of the ACL injury will be shortened from ten months to two months, so our job will be shortened by eight months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but somehow it did it didn't happen. It it, it, is, it is still ten months right now. So. Yeah. <laughs> and I would say well well we are transforming the physiotherapy practice from hands on. Well, we still need hands on practice. That's that's one of the essentials of physiotherapy, but but to trans tran, to transform them from hands on to more uh, consulting, yeah, and 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 really intelligent property part of the business. Well, because because well well 
at the end of the day is 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 our expertise in the brain rather than the hands yep. that matters well as, as you know you've got some great products here that can reproduce the hands yeah. pretty well now yeah. you know the, the, the brain is the thing and the, the thought process behind and that interaction that personal aspect with people i think is the thing that is going to serve us well going yeah. going forward as we do start to get more into machine-based you know learning yeah. and stuff especially yeah. and using technology to do a lot of our assessments yeah and and you really break all the practice all if we break one physiotherapy section right now actually most of the time spent are on the assessment yeah so if you have good data if you have good analysis actually you will save a lot of time on the assessment yeah. and can go straight to the treatment yeah and 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 the treatment for the treatment you still need to do hands-on you still need to do exercise you still need the electrotherapy and all the other modality we are using right now but it will save the time a lot because you, the, the data will guide you to the treatment yeah, it becomes more effective as well. It yeah, gives our patient more, you know, bang for their buck, yeah. and hopefully allows us to then help more people as well yeah. if we're not having to see people as often. I think definitely yeah. I see the uh, the treatment times for people coming yeah. down. Uh, although I do see it going into you know, as you said, a bit more of a consulting role potentially, where you start to oversee some people's you know healthcare, yeah. I guess in general, you know, movement goals, which is great. Okay, so given that there's going to be a lot more technology involved, given assessments going to be so heavily part of the you know physio therapy in you know 10 years especially yeah. uh, with uh, what are some of the skills that physiotherapists are going to need to build to help bring themselves into the 21st century yeah one thing is soft skills yeah so i think that's <laughs> more important the more technology i think the more important that we'll get yeah. to yeah. yeah right now we cannot work on our own we yeah. need to work with all the other people well in the past we just need to work with the clients and occupational therapists and the doctor and the nurse but right now we need to work with the whole community we need to work with the whole public yeah. That's one thing. And the other thing is, well, apart from the soft skills, we should em empower with the skills of um, research. Yeah. Not just the conventional research. Well, the conventional research is good. Yeah. It's good. It's still good. It's still valid. But somehow we, we, need to, we need to equip ourselves with some basic data science. Yeah. So because when we see the science, we can do some uh, elementary uh, a screening so yeah. that we know what we should look for in the, in, in, in the data and how we can get the better results from data as well. Well, I think we all need to be doing our research, you know, with every yeah. patient really. Yeah. You know, collecting data allows us to do that as well. Yeah. So obviously, I walk through this place. There is technology everywhere. <laughs> You've got all the latest new gadgets. <laughs> yeah. What are three of the top, you know, bits of technology, whether it be, you know, equipment, whether it be uh, software, yeah. what are the three things that you couldn't, you know, do without, first in your practice? MAT. Oh, of course, of course, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You've got to well, say that. Seriously, <laughs> we're using MAT every day, every, even, even I could say every hour. Great. Well, yep. So that's one thing, and we are looking forward to, to a new new technology as well. Yep. We, we, we will be using that extensively. Yeah, I'm looking forward to getting it over to Asia <laughs> in your hands as well. You'll uh, take the data with that and take it to the next level, I'm sure. Yeah, and the other technology is foot scan. Foot scan? We use okay. quite a lot of foot scan. Well, not, not just on the foot issues, but on the rehab and the baseline measurement as well. Mm -hmm. Because it is a good baseline measurement for, for, for the balance, for the mobility and stability. Yeah. So that's the second thing, and the third thing is we use quite a lot of uh, 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 Python. Python? What's Python? Well, Python actually is a programming language. Oh, okay. 
I thought it was some new gadget that I hadn't you hadn't shown me yet, where you wrap someone up and it starts vibrating or going up and down. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, a, there's a, in Taiwan, but there's a big machine called Hilbert. Well, it is to measure the dynamic stability with core engagement. Okay. Yeah. So so well, probably when you when you arrive at in our practice in Taiwan, you you have some fun with it as well. Fantastic. Yeah, but ultimately we are using quite a lot of Python and all the other programming language. Well, because. That will help us to automate all the research, all the data gen, all the data analysis, and all the results generations. Yeah. Well, because we cannot do all the things by Excel. Yeah. If if we do that, we cannot do what we are doing now. Well, because it will take a lot of man hours. But once we have Python, we have some IT professionals to help us to automate all the process. Yeah. It saves a lot of time. Yeah. We are saving like eighty or ninety hours a week just by the program. Wow, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. What other software do you find sort of saves your time? You know, in running either the practice or running your other businesses. What are some other software you're using? Uh, we are using Clinical. Yep, Clinical. Yep, I definitely are, use that too. Yeah, we are using VisiTrack. Yep. All, all the Australian products. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and we are searching for one AMS, the Athletic Management System, as well, but. Yeah, not successful. Yeah, probably we may need to build our own. <laughs> it's often the way. If you want something done right, you've got to do it yourself. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's a, it's a good. You know, you're already heading in that direction. So I look forward to seeing what you yeah. do on that front too. Sure. I look forward to use it. So, what are three take-home points you could give to you know new physiotherapists who are graduate who've just graduated? You yeah. know, to help them be successful through their career. You know, 17 years down the track. Yeah. What What have you learned? What are the three best bits of advice you could give them? Yeah, the first thing is uh, be reminded to study hard at school. Yeah, yeah, because you 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 will be doing what the university professor t- teach you in your practice all the time. Well, like in our practice, actually, we are doing what is doing in the university. Yeah. We just practice the original form of physiotherapy. Yeah, <laughs> that's one thing. And the other thing is always ask questions. Yeah, always. Well, whether it is your patient, you definitely you need to ask your patients. But you need to ask for the ask for the opinion from your colleagues, from the professor. Even sometimes I ask, well, I ask the other professional as well. Like if I have something I cannot explain to my patients, I will ask school of design. Yeah. Because they are the professionals in 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 in, in carrying out the message. Yeah. So ask a lot of questions. And the third thing is, well, try if you have time, try to do a lot of research. Yeah. Yeah. You you don't need to publish the research. But at least you know what you are doing. You know what 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 is the effect size of what you are doing, and you know if you can improve on the effect as well. Yeah, and it allows you to go back and just you know review and look over to see you know did, is what I'm doing in my practice actually effective for my patients? Am yeah. I getting the results yeah. that I think I am? So it helps take some of our own bias away from it. It also helps us learn. So I think yeah. that's a really good point. Yeah. As for asking questions, I think you know, it's the honour of me being able to you know, do these podcasts. You know, I think I learn more from, you know, definitely than anyone else listening, I'm sure, just from asking these questions. And so I really thank you for spending a yeah. bit of time here. I know you're a very busy man. Yeah, thank you for coming to Hong Kong as well uh, thank and you, Taiwan. Thank you for hosting us again. I look forward to being in Taiwan in a few days. Yeah. And uh, hopefully we'll get you back on again when I'm uh, back over here, either later in the year or yeah. early next year. Yeah. 
Beautiful. All right, thank you. Thank you. See you guys. That's another 21st Century Physio Podcast, proudly brought to you by Matt, innovators and world leaders in movement assessment technologies that bring your practice into the 21st century. For more great information and tips to bring your practice into the 21st century, head over to www.podcast.physio. Lastly, if you love the podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give a review on iTunes. It's very much appreciated. See you on the next episode.